Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on the Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about a potential for a losing season for Syracuse basketball and previewing the upcoming Orange Lacrosse season. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Al Giacondi, and our guest is our great friend from ESPN.com, John Gassaway. John, appreciate you coming back on the program. How are you today? I'm excellent. Thanks so, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure, John, and we'll get you started on this one. There's been a lot of great storylines in this college basketball season so far. What's emerged as the best one to you? Uh, too many to name. Uh, surprises are, are one good uh, storyline. If, if we could uh, show the preseason versions of us, the AP Top 25, or maybe especially the AP, AP Top 10 right now, uh, we'd be blown away. Uh, both by some of the teams there and by some of the absences. Uh, we would be surprised that uh, Chris Mack is no longer the coach at Louisville. That, that would be a shock, I, I dare say. Um, one overarching uh, storyline that I'm definitely looking at that has been uh, bequeathed to us uh, against our will by this uh, pandemic becoming an endemic is that College basketball as a whole, uh, I suspect, is older than it's been in uh, decades. That is very difficult to pin down. Um, Not every player chooses to share their date of birth, but uh, to the extent that we can tell these things with with the performers who do volunteer this information, um, obviously giving... uh, players an extra year uh, of eligibility is going to result in an older uh, population. We already saw that uh, starting last year, um, and Baylor, for instance, was the oldest national champion we've seen in a decade, and it's not like they were you know, particularly loaded with seniors and uh, just speaking in terms of average age if you weighted by playing time. And uh, this year there are some uh, some similarly uh, old teams, so it you know theoretically it could be a tougher time for uh, the few and the proud that are still trying to do it the the one and done way this year. That's not even Kentucky anymore, uh, but Duke <laughs> certainly, but Duke certainly is. And uh, who knows? It might be a little uh, tougher sledding for the Blue Devils than it otherwise would be, but uh, they look pretty good so far. So those are just some of the things that have caught my eye so far. 
Yeah, in that same vein, who do you find to be the best team in the best conference out there right now? Yeah, best team. Um, I do uh, want to give uh, Gonzaga a mulligan for that uh, national championship game uh, last year, which was uh, an amazing spectating experience because they were undefeated and, and uh, uh, vying to be one of the greatest teams ever. And yet, after five minutes of watching that game, <laughs> you knew uh, it just wasn't happening uh, that night and that Baylor was clearly the superior team. So uh, I'm going against that grain and saying that uh, what the Bulldogs are, are doing uh, this year, even with a couple of losses, is uh, is very impressive relative to the rest of the field. Uh, I also love uh, what I'm seeing from Auburn uh, more than they have been able to uh, persuade my friend Ken Pomeroy's laptop. Uh, I think they're, you know, eighth or ninth or <laughs> Eighth or ninth or something like that, and and you know I get it. They've had some close wins. My gosh, the other night they they won by one in Missouri. But I, I just think that the combination of uh, of you know potential number one pick uh, Jabari Smith Jr. and uh, Walker Kessler, who isn't being talked about nearly enough. He he's just on a rampage. He's he's dominating the SEC uh, defensively. He's the number one uh, shot blocker in the country by percentage. And he's uh, he's adding more value offensively as the uh, season goes on, not least because he's not getting in foul trouble anymore. So, I mean, that's that's a, a really tough front line right there with those two guys to go against. And uh, they've got plenty of, of help around them. So um, those teams come to mind, and I'm definitely paying attention uh, to what Kansas is getting done. Uh, it looks like they've got two guys in uh, Abaji and uh, Brown, Brown, who uh, who could go in the first round, albeit mid to late first round, that's always a good sign. And uh, David McCormick is blowing up huge on the offensive glass, actually doing better than Oscar Shibway, which I didn't know was even possible. So um, those are some teams that have caught my eye. And in terms of you know best conference, obviously uh, in straight statistical terms, that's going to be. The Big 12, I, I don't particularly like uh, top-to-bottom strength ratings. Um, they, they favor the small conference, smaller uh, kind of 10-team conferences. There's a reason that uh, the 2004, I think it was, ACC is the best or one of the best Ken Palm conferences ever. It had like 18 at the time, and that is a real benefit to have eight instead of 14 or 15 because if you got 14 or 15 you are definitely going to have some uh, some, uh, not so hot teams in there Uh, so the big 12 captures that crown but in terms of you know qualitatively for for my spectating money at the top it's more of a dead heat between the the big 12 and the sec in the sense that i think both of those conferences have uh, two teams uh, with the big 12 it's ku and baylor and with the SEC, it's Auburn and Kentucky, two teams each that I could easily envision winning the national title. So uh, those are two, uh, two two pretty strong conferences to my eye. Now, obviously, one conference you didn't bring up there was the ACC, and for good reason, because they're having a down year outside of Duke. What's going on with the ACC, and why is it such a down year? Yeah, I think there's uh, there's at least three different things going on at once that adds to one big unfortunate uh, coincidence if you're if you're the ACC commissioner 
And uh, I'll take the strangest part first. I mean, even Duke, which, again, uh, I would class as a team that could win the national championship. But relative to Duke terms, historically, even the Blue Devils are, are slightly down this year. Uh, they were they were as far down in the AP preseason poll as, as you will ever see Duke. Uh, and just in in terms of, you know, what they're doing uh, during ACC play, um, you know, listeners might know that I, I have a certain fondness for tracking every possession and uh, in conference play, you know, Wake Forest and, uh, has been keeping, you know, pretty good uh, pace with, with what Duke's doing in terms of efficiency margin. Uh, Wake is a great story, by the way, and runs counter to our <laughs> ACC down uh, theme here. Uh, good job, Demon Deacons. You're, you're looking great. Uh, so, you know, Duke, uh, Duke is, has taken like a micro half step back from the usual illustrious, incredible Duke. So there's, there's that. And then obviously other, you know, worthy, uh, legends in the league are, are, have taken a full step back. Uh, North Carolina has taken a full step back from their usual, um, and, Obviously, Virginia has taken maybe 1.5 steps back. I, I never thought I'd see the day where I was saying this, you know, this is a middle of the pack, uh, defense in the ACC coming from, uh, the Cavaliers. That's, that's really strange just visually. And, uh, getting back to the Tar Heels, you know, or for that matter, the Blue Devils, um, you know, this is part and parcel of, uh, coaching change. And, you know, Duke appears to be managing it you know, famously, uh, as well as it can be. And even then, um, you know, they, they are, uh, possibly just a, a slight level down from what they usually are, but it's, it's going great. You know, they're, they're at the top of the ACC and their recruiting class, which is what you worry about most is the impact on recruiting. Uh, the one that's got coming in next year looks, looks fabulous. So, um, uh, you know, full points to Duke, but it is still a coaching change. Uh, obviously, UNC made theirs uh, one year before that, and I think Hubert Davis is, is doing a fine job. Uh, Tar Heels will be in the tournament, and uh, that's good. <laughs> and it, but there's still some uh, some pain and some woe that that comes from uh, a coaching change. And then uh, you know, obviously, uh, Syracuse is, is not looking like any uh, great shakes uh, this season, uh, and uh, unless something changes, they too. We'll miss the tournament. And, uh, when you're talking about a year in the ACC, when the likes of, you know, Virginia and Syracuse, uh, miss the NCAA tournament entirely, then you're, you're probably looking at a, at a down year for the conference. So all of these things aligning in the same year, uh, adds to a slightly uh, less powerful year than we're used to seeing. Um, I would only emphasize that, you know, the snark on social media, the hashtag, you know, one bit ACC, this kind of stuff. Uh, it really does elide what are genuine good news stories, not only Wake Forest, but my gosh, Miami. Uh, you don't want to play those guys and specifically you don't want to play that offense. They, they, they don't much, they don't do much on D and they don't do much on rebounding at either side of the floor, but as just a bunch of like 23 and 24 year old guys who can just hoop it up and make their <laughs> shot, hoop it up and make their shots. So uh, hats off to the Hurricanes, but yeah, overall it's, it's been a bit of a down year for the ACC. 
John, let's talk a little Syracuse basketball now because Syracuse is also in a down year. And because Jim Beheim seemingly has been around for 100 years, there's discussion about him retiring. So my question to you is, should he retire and when will it happen? Yes, he will retire at some point. Uh, all, all coaches do. Uh, he has been there for 100 years. Uh, I was watching. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember which Syracuse game it was this year. And uh, my my ESPN colleague and friend Jay Billis was trying to make the point that Jim Beheim has been there for a hundred years. And he said, um, Jim Beheim was hired during the Carter administration. And I immediately thought to myself, I don't think that's correct. <laughs> and I, I looked it up and sure <laughs> enough, he was hired during the Ford administration. I mean, even one president, uh, before that. So he has been there for a hundred years. Um, and he will retire at some point. I would never be, incautious enough to uh, you know peer into my crystal ball and say this is it now it's over uh, the instinct for somebody in his position is obviously to prove that it's not if only to have you know a a farewell season where you, you say see you know I, I've, I've still got it and uh, here's a team that, that makes the tournament just just to show that you can do that one more time um, this is not that team. And what is surprising to me as an observer, you know, we are all longtime observers of Jim Bay. He's been around <laughs> since all of us can remember. So we, we've all got a thorough grounding here. And what's surprising to me is that, you know, this is off brand. We've seen, you know, Syracuse have their down years before. What I haven't seen is the, you know, a problem. Uh, there's arguably more than one, but a problem is defense, and that's unusual. What I'm used to seeing is, oh, you know, this this defense has you know good length, and, and these guys are, are athletes, and they're, they're just going to need to to learn to uh, get the ball in the basket on offense. That's not happening. Uh, they're getting uh, the orange are being eaten alive, uh, particularly uh, on the interior, uh, on defense. Uh, part of that's in transition, but some of it's in the half court. And there's a reason that Syracuse's, you know, um, opponents are encouraged to shoot as many threes as they do is because that's the best option if you're Syracuse. Because uh, the last time I think, you know, ACC opponents, something like 55% shooting on their twos. So um, this is a different uh, variety of low uh, year. And it's it's surprising. The zone has, has usually been uh, more reliable than that. And it does legitimately raise the question of where do we go from here? And it does legitimately raise the question of uh, what kind of hearing will recruits, you know, in 2022 uh, give this program, uh, you know, these, uh, we're looking at recruits now who were born after, uh, you know, Mello in the national championship. I mean, time <laughs> goes that fast. And, you know, what, what does this program mean to them? These are, these are fair questions to raise and, uh, they are getting a hearing and, uh, that will continue to be the case until, uh, the performance on the cur- on the, on the court turns around. And John, we'll get you out of here on this one. I'm going to ask you to pull out your crystal ball again. Jim Beheim has never had a losing season as head coach at Syracuse. Will he finish with a losing record this year? Yeah, that's uh, that's the $64 question. Uh, it's a good thing that um, they got those uh, non-conference wins <laughs> against uh, 
Indiana and in, in, uh, in Arizona State, because as much as we've been saying, oh, the ACC is down, uh, it, it does look like, uh, you know, a possible potential under 500 finish just in conference play. And if that's the case, um, then it's, it, it could very well be uh, an under 500 finish overall. Uh, we expect and assume that all the games will be played. It looks better as we go further into the season that way, and we're seeing few, fewer cancellations, and uh, we can all be happy about that. But uh, just looking forward, and you're, you're talking about a team, of course, that has to do <laughs> good work now uh, not to finish under 500 in the ACC. We're to, as, we, as we discussed this, we're talking about a 3-6 and six ACC team. Um, it's a it's a real possibility, and I would have to say the uh, the chances are yes that Syracuse uh, for the entire season will finish uh, slightly under 500. And I know that uh, is a bad thing, but uh, you know overall we've seen illustrious programs do that before and and recover quickly and uh, go on to bigger and better things. But it does appear that that is the uh, that is the dip that Syracuse is going to hit this season. Um, there's a good chance that the answer to your question is yes, an under 500 finish overall. John, thanks so much for coming back on the program again. ESPN.com's John Gasway doing an incredible job of covering all of college hoops. John, appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of the college basketball season. We'll speak with you again soon. Thank you for having me, and uh, enjoy the hoops. Always great to speak with John and get his insights. And my next guest on the program is former Syracuse lacrosse midfielder, Al Giacondi. Al, how are you today? Thanks so much for joining me. Wes, thanks for having me. We're doing great today. Doing as good as we can. Great to hear, Al. And let's get right to the upcoming Syracuse lacrosse season. For the first time in more than 20 years, Syracuse is going to have a new head coach. John Desco retired, former Syracuse great Gary Gate, now in charge of the program. What do you think about the coaching change? You know what? Desco was Desco was amazing. The way I look at it, Desco was like the Titan who came in, you know, took over from the semis and uh was very consistent and performed really well, right? He he was a he was an amazing coach, legendary coach. Um but I always I, I like change. You know, Gary Gate being, you know, consistent you know, the lacrosse poster child for Syracuse, him coming in is it's gonna be it's gonna be a good change and then having him uh supported by you know, Dave Petromala, too, is going to be something really cool to see, considering this is our rebuilding year, right, as, as we're calling it, our restructuring year. I think coaching is going to be critical in taking the, the players that we have today and making sure that coaching does the right job to, to fill the gaps that we have to perform the best we can. Al, you played under Desco from 2008 to 2011, so you were a part of his final national championship with Syracuse and was one of the winningest periods of Syracuse lacrosse history. What were some of your favorite memories of him during that time? I have two two memories that come to mind specifically regarding Coach Desco. One is is more of a funny memory, and it was right after we won the national championship in 2008 against Hopkins. And those are always obviously very high-stress games, and Desco tends to, to hold a lot of that stress. And I remember Anthony Bucco and John Harmatuck grabbing the ice-cold Gatorade and kind of hitting him with it right away. And he had this look on his face like he was going to kill somebody. He was not uh, not happy about that. <laughs> the second is more of an ongoing thing. I mean, over the four years that I was there, I mean, like I said, he had a very stern aura, kind of the way that he coached. But that's how he got, you know, a lot of respect from his players. 
and was able to, to teach us properly. But after a big win on the road, any big win on the road, um, that was a game that we had prepared for heavily, you would always be able to catch Desco for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes on the bus on the way back where he had his guard down and he was just kind of showing his soft side. And uh, he would tell stories. Uh, he would crack jokes. It was just a different side of Desco that we, we usually didn't get to see. So that was kind of a gift. Every time we won a, a big game on the road, that was part of the reward was getting to see the, the soft side of our coach. You alluded to it before, but it's going to be a rebuilding and retooling year for the program. But what are your thoughts on the upcoming season? I think it's going to be a tough season. Um, but I, I think we have some great players, right? There's some some awesome players coming back on offense like Tucker and uh, some young players like um, Hiltz that are uh, going to come back for their second year that already have that experience now under their belt. So I think the offense is going to, you know, is going to be strong. And I think there's some gaps and the defense that, you know, we know exists that hopefully Petromala can, can coach those gaps to the minimal size. Right. And, you know, that's, that's internally. And then externally, I think there's great teams out there, right? we got a lot of great teams on the schedule. Um, obviously Virginia, North Carolina, a lot of teams that we'll be playing uh, in the, in the near part of the season that will be challenging, but We'll see. We'll see how the guys do. We'll see how the coaches do. I think that's. I think the eyes are more so on the coaches this year than the players, right? I mean, a lot of the players, like I said, they performed last year. They're coming back this year. We know who they are. So I think a lot of the eyes are on the coaches this year. Al, I mentioned this before, but you graduated from Syracuse in 2011. You were a dual major in entrepreneurship and emerging enterprises and marketing management. You put that degree to pretty good use. Catch us up on what you've been up to since Syracuse, and specifically your work with Terzo. Yeah, sure, Wes. Yeah, um, when you when you take Triple E uh, at Whitman, you aspirations, but you don't know exactly you know where your career path is going to take you. Um, I've had a kind of a, a crazy career path that got me to Terzo. I mean, starting at Morgan Stanley, leaving to open a restaurant in New York City, and getting back into tech, um, working at IBM for the majority of my career, and then discovering the problem that exists within enterprises with kind of disparate data and all these data silos, especially with, uh, with contracts, contract management, which led us to Terzo, Brandon Card and I, who was uh, also a former Q's guy who played football up there. But um, right now, I mean, where we are is uh, we have our company, Terzo Technologies. We're uh, continuing to raise, you know, raise funds uh, in multiple different rounds as we continue to grow. We're at 35 employees now. So it's extremely exciting. Uh, a lot of things that are outside of our comfort zone, but this is, this is what we wanted and we're enjoying every day of it. We have a great family. We have a lot of Cuse guys on the team. We got uh, Jake Flaherty, who's a football guy. We just hired Eric Dungy onto our team as well. So we're keeping it in the Cuse family and we are uh, pushing all together to achieve some very, some very aspirational and lofty goals that, um, that we feel we should be able to achieve. Al, I really appreciate your time here. Again, Al G. Condi, former Syracuse lacrosse midfielder, breaking down the upcoming season in the state of the Orange lacrosse program. Congratulations on all of your success with Terzo. Appreciate your insight as always, and we'll catch up with you soon. Enjoy the college lacrosse season. Thanks, Wes. You as well. Appreciate the time.
Thanks again to my guests on the show today, John Gasway from ESPN and former Syracuse lacrosse midfielder Al Giacondi. We're running out of show, and my closing thoughts are on Rutgers defensive back Elijah Clark announcing this week that he's transferring to Syracuse for the 2022 season. Clark was a highly touted recruit and high school teammates with current SU defensive back Deuce Chestnut. He was projected to be a starter for the Scarlet Knights, but chose to move to Syracuse instead. He joins an impressive list of transfers into Syracuse that includes Michigan State wide receiver C.J. Hayes, Michigan quarterback Dan Valari, and New Mexico State running back Jawan Price. Dino Bapers may have gone 5-7 in 2021, but he's done everything right since then, and my expectations for the football team are higher than the basketball team for the first time in a very long time. I, for one, am really looking forward to seeing the new-look orange this fall. That's it for us. This is Wes Chang reminding you that I don't have any superpowers. The closest thing I have is that I'm invisible to bartenders. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.